Welcome to another episode of Team Anywhere, where CEOs, leaders, and experts at building teams, companies, organizations, and amazing cultures share how to lead from anywhere in the world. I'm your co-host on the East Coast, Judy Bianco Mathis. And I'm your co-host on the West Coast, Mitch Simon. And we invite you to join us to Team Anywhere. Today, our guest is Sharon Koifman, author of Surviving Remote Work. As the founder of Distant Job, a company that finds global remote talent, he has over a decade of experience finding, hiring, and creating great cultures through unique ways of building connectivity and trust. We've all seen the statistics that show that remote work provides greater productivity. Our guest agrees that productivity is great, but what Sharon provides in the podcast is how to build greater employee longevity. Hello and welcome to another episode of Team Anywhere. I'm your co-host, Mitch Simon, on the West Coast. It's a pretty gray, gray day, but I'm on the West Coast. And then there's my co-host, my, the uh, amazing Dr. Ginny Bianco Mathis. And it's nice here. And it's nice. Believe it or not. Coast, on the East Coast. And we are so excited so excited to have Sharon Koifman on our show from Montreal, Canada. Wow. And Sharon, um, you're going to tell us all about you. I know you're a writer. You are, you've, you've started a company called Distant Job. You have a podcast. Um, we'll get into that in detail. How are you today, Sharon? I am doing fantastic. And the good news is that for once in Montreal, the weather is also great. Oh my God. It's beautiful oh my God. sunny outside. I'm looking forward after this interview to run outside. Yeah, it does not. So I, um, I house for the listeners. I, I was born in Montreal. And as soon as I was born, my parents said, we're out of here. So, <laughs> you know, and so, yeah, so I live in Southern California and they, and we love it here. So, yeah. So let's make this fast. Um, okay. So Sharon, tell us your story. We are a recruitment agency that specialize in distributed people across the world, right? So, so this is a big differentiator. Outsource company, they take on projects. They take on, they, they, they have, or they have an allocated office where they hire people and they want to keep them busy. We start from fresh. Every time you have a job description, we take care of you. And we go to the world to headhunt this individual. Now, when you go to the world, go ahead, Jim, sorry. No, no, I'm sorry. I, I, uh, and those people... Uh, are people that will work remotely. Yes. Because the companies you're working for um, are remote organizations. Yes. So and you ensure that those people then have the appropriate mindset, talent, skills. I, I am working remotely because I like it, and that's how you get the best of me. Unsure is a big word. We're not unsure. We're in the people's business. There's always a chance that the person is, is not good. We find amazing people. We're like a local recruitment agency. You have a job description, we'll find you people. It's up to the client to interview them. It's up to the client to, to do what they do. It's just remote. You just, just like we are, see each other's face, turn on the Zoom and interview the person exactly like you would interview a local individual. Right. And do you, so do you have a special relationship with the people that you're finding or are you, um, you're just, you're finding people, um, who are coming to you as, as would a, uh, a company 
who is finding its own people that would work on site. That's exactly it. We right. do not have relationship based on the client. We create a relationship becoming right. the the HR manager for for those companies, assuming they choose to add this value. But in the beginning, we solicit them like any other recruitment agency. We just have the capacity to do it on a more bigger scale in a more a more distributed scale across the world. That's great. So um, I guess my next question, I, I feel like such an such a, a beginner at this. Um, and, and obviously, you know, Sharon, you've been doing this for a long time. Um, I guess, uh, you know, 10 years ago, uh, the traditional um, business would, I, I don't need you because everyone who I'm going to hire, they're going to be in my office. And yes. now, Sharon, is if I have figured this out, I'm going to probably maybe hire all my people who never come to my office, or I might hire some of my people who never come to my office. And how am I going to go find those people? I would have to find a guy like Sharon to help me do that. Okay. Absolutely. Look, the, the recruitment out. industry has existed for a long time. So even when you're in a local, in a local environment, you sometimes need to hire a recruitment agency. This is a multi-billion yeah. dollar industry. The, what we change the game, we're saying we don't need to hire locally. We will find you exceptional talent across the world. This is the big change. This is the big change that we created 12 years ago when we said, hey, why are you just hiring local people? The world is big. You have a much bigger pool of talent to choose from, which means you have to, which means it indirectly makes you, it gives you the ability to find better people and find them faster and at an incredible value. An incredible value. I think that's the word today. Incredible. The two words today is incredible value. Okay. So Sharon, you've been doing this for quite a while. Um, obviously the world turned a little bit a year ago. Mm -hmm. It sounds like you were already ahead of the curve, but is there anything that surprised you over the last year? Uh, so, so, you know, this is actually a challenge when I wrote my book also about remote management. Suddenly I needed to hit challenges that are not just remote related that covid related so one like for, to give you an example one of the biggest advice that i give is that you need in for mental health sake as a remote employee you need to book your social activities at the same level that you book your your business meetings right it becomes a top priority to take care because when you're when you're working remotely you suddenly forget, you get stuck at home and you suddenly yeah. forget that you have a that you you have a social life when you went to the office um, you booked you had your buddies going for lunch for a happy hour to for a squash game I have a friend that would go over his colleagues running it during lunchtime there was an experience and you move home and you suddenly forget about that experience and my answer is to you is what prevents you from emailing the same people and go for lunch go for happy hour Go for that run. Go. It's the same thing, although you have a lot more time as a remote employee. But suddenly COVID came and it's like, yeah, but I can't go for lunch because the restaurants are closed. <laughs> right. So so a little bit. So I needed to give advice. OK, open your balcony. Try to do something. Get creative with COVID. But COVID has created a new layer of challenge how to stay sane. In, in this in this remote environment, which I have answers for everything, but it is a new layer of complication. 
That's great. I'm sure um, during the winter, going out on your balcony in Montreal was probably not a good idea. Well, just I I bought I bought a fire I bought an outdoor fireplace. I bought okay. Oh, I, yeah. made, I made an outside heaven in my uh, in in my uh, in my <laughs> in my balcony. So the answer is yes, yes you can. All right. <laughs> yes, yes you can. All right. So- Jerome, have you found uh, because of the pandemic? Different kind of companies now coming to you because they now have decided they have to go more virtual and hybrid. I, I have the the big boys. I have the big companies come to me, and this All was right. a no. Th- this was not even like they didn't even take me. They, they couldn't even think of the idea, yeah. right? Of what you want us? <laughs> we have an you office need- in every. In, in every location, and and we don't need a remote. Recruiting. No, we don't need you, Sharon. Oh wow! And it's That's and it's fabulous. like I'm talking to really big companies these days. It's like okay, show me what yeah. you want. You know, it's sort of like, gee, I hate to say it, but the pandemic worked in your favor. It is. I don't want to celebrate. I don't want to celebrate. No, not at all. Right. The need emerged. Yes. The need has emerged. People understand. People finally understand the incredible value of our Great. You know what? Um, can you give us um, before I want to ask you about your new book, which is Surviving Remote Work. But before we get to that, you've kind of raised it, the big boys. Um, I'd love for you to kind of share with us. Um, you know, you don't have to share any names, but. How how are one of these big boys or big girls, right? How are one of these big boys um, working with you as they're tip, dipping their toe in the water? Because their you know their their history is everyone comes to my office or several maps around the world. Um, how do you work with them so they can help figure out how to do this? So the interesting thing is that I'm in general a small to medium sized uh, solution. Mm-hmm. The enterprise only recently. We started having those discussions, but the, the few enterprise clients that we have, it's usually a specific department within the company okay. that approaches me. So it's okay. not the CEO. I, you know, Bill Gates never talks to me or Bill Gates talk to people. I haven't. He's, Bill is busy myself. right now. Right. Um, if you've the news. Yes. Yes. That's it. But, but, but the, but the, uh, but a, a manager of a department comes as a, Oh my God! I need people, right? So, so certain big companies grow a lot, especially on the technology. Some some shrink, some grow, and some of the companies that really grew in COVID is like, oh my God, we need people. Okay, I got it. Remote is not so evil. Let's give right, it a shot. Right. And it's usually those individuals, those head engineer, are the mini CTO, not the big CTO, but the the. The technology manager of that department said, okay, what do we need to do? I, I will get an approval from my HR management. Go ahead, start, and our processes, we learn about the company, the job description, the culture, the value, and we go and we tackle it. So this is, it's never yet, I've never yet to talk to the head, head guy of a massive enterprise, but we slowly kind of map up one department at a time. Wow. It's, yeah, this is great. I'm, again, it's um, just when, you know, Ginny, just when you, you and I thought we knew everything, you know, here comes along uh, a, a place where you can find people who um, are remote 
you know, and oh, definitely, and to, to definitely, clean, yeah. I, it's you know, making me think like, of a whole lot of right. different situations here. Yeah, like Sharon, there's a guy out there called Sharon who can solve my problem <laughs> exactly and just get me people from wherever they are. I mean, amen, <laughs> amen, amen, amen. And, so, and, and, and Sharon, I would think that maybe, especially the big boys, the big boy and, big girls, want, and girls, okay. I should know better. Yeah. Uh, should um. May may start to say, well, we need to have this in house, so that just might also open the doors for you, you know, training, you know, cadres all over. Um, so, uh, big boys and big girls and big girls are uh, gals is the appropriate term, from what I understand. The gal, okay, right? gal, okay. Thank you, thank you. I yes, so much so, better. Um, You're an if, HR. Yes, you, you know, I have two little girls. Uh, my focus is for them to. To kick some butt in the future, I want to. I want to give them the biggest advantage possible. So, Please. so the so the big boys and the big gals usually um, build their own departments internally. It's 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 never specifically my target market. Target market mm-hmm. from here, the medium sized companies. Mm-hmm. Um, those are those are the people who don't have an office and operation in every single country. Oh, all right. Got it. And, and this is really, this is really my, my big wins. Yeah. Love it. Okay. I want to know, okay. Tell us about your book. So you, you launched a book. I saw it on Amazon and uh, what's, what's, I don't know if you've seen it, Jenny, but it's, it's basically a car, cartoon version of Sharon. I think he's wearing flip flops. <laughs> so, so if anyone uh, hasn't seen Sharon, Sharon, uh, I used to have red hair and a red beard. Sharon still, thank God, is young and has a red hair and a red beard. Um, So it's a picture of Sharon, uh, a cartoon version of Sharon. And the book is called Surviving Remote Work. Why is this book so important? Why is this book so important? Look, we this this is not just a discussion of COVID. This is a discussion that remote has brought so much more productivity to companies. Remote has created happier and more independent people. And this is not me. This is an MIT Sloan research has shown, right, that that there is that there is happier and more independent people. And there's tons of uh, tons of uh, if you go into Cocoa, um, you will see that people are producing 77 percent more on on their uh, on all their jobs and this is and people are realizing that this is a necessity and once once you get to that point that you understand that this is a necessity right we we need to figure out how to do this right surviving remote work is that book for both the managers and the workers usually i believe that the company is only as good as their management, but I talk a lot about companies that are not getting it right. And if you're a worker, you can potentially become the next manager. This is not just an opportunity to be an effective remote worker, I mean, it's an opportunity to be the next superstar in the company and to be potentially the, the next manager. This is what I'm providing in surviving remote work. Of course, it's all about building trust, creating an amazing culture, creating more productive people, um, making it fun, and and ma- making your company exciting that people, more people want to work for. There is, and 
and do this while managing, maintaining a house with kids and lots of good stuff. Great. And I wanted to, um, I love that statistic. You mentioned Cocoa. It's, so it's Cocoa Cloud. They said that um, remote workers are 77% more productive and 23% are willing to work more hours. It even said that workers would actually be willing to, I think, I can't remember what it was, 23%. It was around 23% who would actually um, prefer a lower wage in order that they can actually work from home, which is really cool. Um, so let me ask you, um, in your book, you just mentioned how you um, how you really keep your company culture alive remotely. And I really want to know um, what you say in your book on, on how to keep that culture alive when when everyone is not there. So first of all, um, company culture is a funny thing. People like to throw that idea around a lot. Eh? But uh, yeah, I have a great culture. I have a great culture. But when it comes to really defining what it is, people are having a real challenge. I mean, if you go on Wikipedia and Vestopia or anywhere, the, the, the definitions are so long and so complicated. I can't, I don't remember them by heart, but it's, it's a mouthful. And yes. when people think about culture, they always think about this Google culture where people sit on bean bags, having happy hour, playing ping pong, and apparently are super, super productive. And, and you don't know how. Um, I thought that, to, in order to create a good culture, you need to start with a better definition, with a clearer definition. And I did that. I, I, I spent, I, I spent a year analyzing, researching how do I define culture in order to accomplish it? Because once you understand a practical definition, you, you don't need to do things just for the sake of doing. You don't need to have the biggest party in the world to have a wonderful culture. So my definition of company culture is about creating connection. Connection between you and the company, connection between uh, people, uh, colleagues across the company, which create a better teamwork, and connection between the, the client and uh, the, 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 the employee and the client. Once you understand like that. that word, you're already goal-oriented to see what you're trying to achieve. You're no longer focusing on creating the biggest party in the world. You are focusing on creating connection. So I, for a long time, I remember I tried to create Zoom parties, right? And, and it just, everybody comes, bring your drink, bring coffee, bring beer. And it was a lot of fun for four or five times. And we still do it once or twice a year. But after the fifth time, it just got old so quickly. And so, and, and my, my VP at the time is like, enough. This is, this is not working anymore. Right. And instead, what I realized that intimate one-on-ones were so much more powerful. Mm -hmm. So we implemented a um, app called Donuts on our Slack. We use Slack as our chatting solution. And Donuts yeah. um, randomly connects people. Yeah, you did, you did Donuts? I do donuts. We're obsessed with donuts. Right, no, yeah. you implemented, implemented donuts. Yeah, because we I think we talked about donut on one of our early one of them. Yeah. Yeah. So donut has been a huge success. I still personally run I hang out with my managers one-on-one, -on -one, having drinks. It's this intimate level is is so important. So the drinks on Zoom is not so bad. The Zoom party is in at least for me ineffective. Maybe somebody else does manage to create connection with it. I'm not against that. But the right. idea is that 
your, your thought process when you create culture is not about how do I make the biggest party, the most fun company, is how do I create connection? I love that. I think I, yeah, I think we're separated at birth. That's just that's just kind of it. All of us, oh, all three of us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. Another yeah. ginger, you know, talking I guess it's 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 a it, it, ginger it's, from Montreal. It's the magic. It is. So, can you give us some idea of? of um, um, I love I love we we both love the idea about creating connection. Um, how does a leader keep a team united in a in a in a remote setting in a remote situation? You know, what, what does he or she now do um, under these new circumstances? So, one, I, I mean, th- there's unlimited advice. Um, one of the strongest advice that I, that, that I have discovered was all about building trust. Now, trust is another one of those cliche words that, uh, that everybody mm-hmm. likes to use. And I try to... Uh, deconstruct cliche terms. So it's it's not just for culture, it's for other things, but for trust actually is not a question whether I can trust my employees to to do a certain things. Of course, I should trust because I interviewed them and I hired them and they went through a process that that generated potentially that trust. The trust that I'm talking about is whether my employees can trust me. It is, this, this is the big one. Could my employees come to me and tell me that they don't understand something without without a penalty? Could my employees come to me and call me an idiot because I did something really with me taking mm-hmm. this is this is this is constructive? I, I mean, I'm right. an idiot. You're right. Could my employees trust me to say anything that is on their minds? without any consequences. This is this is my motto. This is I I live I live on building that trust. And if there's any manager in my company that is running that trust that it eliminates that consistency. Because anytime that one of my managers or me, but I don't, I really became if if, if there's anything strong about me is I don't lose temper. I, I, I lose it after. I go run, right? I don't lose my temper because I know that every time that I do, it will cost me three months of trust building time. You did, you did explain that so well in terms of, one, your meaning of culture, and then, two, you even define trust. And then it's a course uh, through you role modeling that, that your folks are going to get a sense of that and 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 move in that same direction. Do you also come right out and say, hey, here's how I define culture. What do you all think? Can we all buy into that? Here's how I define trust. And and the only reason I'm bringing that up is I find some people actually need it spelled out. Hmm. So so here's here's the interesting thing. Here's what happened to culture for me. Um, Because culture is a huge focus in, in, in in, in my management process. And in the beginning, again, through a lot of experimenting and a lot, I, I use my company as almost a research lab in management. I, and, uh, and so in the beginning, I spelled it out. You know, I literally said, we're a nerdy company. We, we like, we, we were fans of, of, of Star Wars and Star Trek and gamings. And <laughs> we are, 
uh, and we dress this way, and that I I would and we are all about trust, and uh, we, we are uh, asshole free environment, and we I, I would spell them out. And what I've discovered is that I'm not in control. If I if I give my employees the 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 ability, if I build a trust within my company that they can say anything, they can take their own initiative, they can be independent. Suddenly, I lost control over the con- culture. It, it's it's no longer mine. It's, you know, it ends up being, I, I try to spell to other people, to clients and everything. Here's what happened. Here's the conclusion of this entire process. But there's people in the company that took charge of it. That all I can do is just let them know that, hey, you got my support. And every time we bring, every time we bring a new employee, you guys are part of the interview process to make sure that this person is a fit within your culture. That's right. right. Don't That's contradict right. my values. I have specific values. I'm still an asshole-free environment, mistake-friendly environment, building trust environment. Otherwise, you want to you prefer uh, Star Wars over Star Trek, which I think is a complete sin, by the way. Right? Yeah. I don't understand. How does anybody think that Star Wars is better than Star Trek? But I'm just probably going <laughs> to alienate fifty percent of. Uh, I'm with you. I'm with you on that one. Right? But but apparently my company became a Star Wars kind of company, right? And I and I and I'm not in control, and 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 it, it is what it is. And I wear it now for uh, fourth uh, of. Uh, Whatever that date it is that the the uh, there's a Star Wars day that just happened like two weeks ago. I wear a, a Daddy uh, Darth, Vader, Darth Vader. Oh, shirt. I was going to ask yeah. you about that. Yeah, Sharon, <laughs> what you've explained is the journey of making that happen. At first, you did speak about it a lot. Then you planted the seed and your the culture grew around it and they are the force now. Yep. So new people come in, they get interviewed by your folks and they feel it. Yeah. Look, there's something very powerful and it worked for me. I don't know if it works for everybody else. You know, my, my brother runs a company uh, four times the size of mine and he thinks that I'm in La La Land, right? So I don't know if it works for everybody, but... For me, treating my employees as an entire three-dimensional being has been incredibly, incredibly successful for me. It, it really worked, and it gave me. And the big difference between my type of company and those other successful companies that are more micromanage and more uh, that that more it's very boss-centric environment. We know that they succeed. We see them all the time, but they work twice as hard. That's the only thing that I can see. I, I'm not saying that I have the formula to to build a bigger company than the micromanagers, because some of those micromanagers really, really succeed. But I run a happier company and a company that demands less of me. To More fun. Yes. And it's not, it's, I, I, Fun is great, but fun is not happiness, right? It goes much, much deeper than that, right? It is people fulfilling. That, uh, fulfilled and happier, and that's and that's a huge deal. So now, is it. there 
Is there uh, Sharon, before we, uh, before we end this amazing conversation, are there any questions we should have asked you um, to really support our listeners on how to um, really succeed with a remote company? And one of the big differences is the discussion of mental health. This is when you sending people home, right? They might be more productive. They might be more independent. They're potentially happier if, infrastructure allowed it because the research shows that majority of people are happier, but it also opens up to some serious mental health issues. And now the manager needs to become a little bit of a therapist. Mm -hmm. And I'm not asking for managers to get degrees in therapy or to become real professional therapists. What I'm asking for managers is to get more intimate with with the Mm -hmm. the employees. Yeah. Spend more time in meetings talking about how was your weekend. Find, hang out, and like I said, with the culture, hang out, have drinks, have chit chat, talk about normal things. Because when you talk, when you get to learn about their kids and the pets and the wife, you get to see if they're getting burned out. You get to see if they're really suffering at home, if they're yes. lonely. You you get to see th- you have to proactively get intimate with your employees to see if they're not just productive in the short term, are they going to be productive in the long term? So it's not just about productivity; it's also about longevity. Excellent. Right. Yeah. Well, that's great. Now, where can all of our listeners find you, Sharon? So you find me in many places. First of all, <laughs> all you can find right. me on Amazon buying my yep. book, Surviving Remote Work. You can find me at my recruitment agency, Distant Job. It's Sharon at distantjob.com. Any question, I'm an open book. I'm always happy to help people uh, with their names. You can find me or more of my team at thinkremote.com. This is our media company where we all talk about everything remote management and, and remote work and the remote industry and everything all about it. And soon you're going to talk to me in uh, in our what we're building right now, an HR management company and payroll and everything. So we, we've got so good in HR that we're creating an independent service and an independent software, but we're not there yet. It's going to take several months for that. Okay, so great. All the yeah. questions you can find. Exciting. Um, so great. So um, buy his book, uh, Surviving Remote Work. Find him at distantjob.com. And for even more on remote work, go to thinkremote.com. Sharon, this has been fantastic. I think you need to go outside because you are in Montreal. It's probably the the only great day of the year. The only great day. Yes. uh, (laughs) Pleasure. And so to all of our listeners, um, do check out all of Sharon's resources. Um, And if you've liked this episode or, or all of our episodes, please share them with your friends and colleagues. And, uh, we're going to sign out, Jenny, on the East Coast and my on the West Coast. And we'll see you on the next episode of Team Anywhere. Bye.